Hi, Kai. Hi, Viv. How are you doing? I sound like a horrible croaky frog because <laughs> I've got COVID. Oh, no. It got me. It got me good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I just came back from rehearsal because we have a show in like two weeks. Can you tell the listeners um, what are you rehearsing? Um, so I'm in a dance team, hip hop dance team. Um, and we've got a show in two weeks. So we've just got an extra rehearsal today and tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. Where, where is the show going to be? How many people is it going to be performing to? I actually don't know. Like uh, <laughs> the guy who runs the team, like he always gives us like minimal details. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exciting though. Have yeah. you got bubble tea there or is that coffee? No, it's uh, yeah, it's mango green tea with lightly popping petals. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Um, well, good luck with your show. I've been doing my beginners dance class Yay. for the past two weeks. So I, do you know, I yes. realised. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was. Um, I thought I was doing commercial and jazz, mm. but turns out it's commercial jazz, which is different apparently. Oh, and I've been doing hip hop. And I've been doing yeah. street dance, mm. um, and I'm really bad. It's all the same teacher. So we have basically three hours of classes, and it's three different teachers for each class, basically. So you learn a whole new mm. routine, like eight counts, basically, every mm. um, hour. So I completely forget the routines as soon as I leave the studio, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Is it three hours in a row? Yeah. That's quite intense. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. You get you get a lot for your money. It's like 120 yeah. quid for okay. six weeks. But um, mm. unfortunately, I can't go tomorrow because because of the oh, bid. No. But um, it's really good, though, because like yeah. from the first day that I started from the first week to even just like the second week, mm. like we were all saying how we picked up the routine so much quicker because you're mm-hmm. kind of getting more into that practice of like yeah. just performing and dancing and yeah. moving your body and stuff and like learning all yeah. like the simple steps. So um we're all learning the paddleboard and like different, <laughs> <laughs> different moves. It's really good. I think, yeah, especially like three routines in three hours, you have to like, your brain is being worked so hard. I know. I came home um, to, and my boyfriend was at the house just waiting for me. And then I was like, he was like, show me, show me then. So I was like, okay, um, um, Padabore, Padabore. Um, and then it goes crisscross. And I couldn't remember any of the routines at all. And he was looking um, at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you record yourself and show us. It's so bad, Kai. I can't do it. It's really like, I'm not at that level where I feel like I, I can feel comfortable to do it. But there is... Um, mm. There is a woman at the class who um, she records herself every single hour, every single new oh, dance. Yeah. Mm. She records herself, which I think mm. is actually really useful. But I think I will just cringe. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I think I, yeah, I think I would. I used to cringe at myself, but then like because I wanted to yeah. improve, I would just watch, make myself watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I guess that's how you improve, yeah. isn't it? And you are like such a yeah. pro at it. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, how did you find that podcast record then with Ryan? Um, yeah, I guess it's still quite surreal to me that we spoke to him because we've like seen that we've like followed him for so long. Um, 
but it was a really nice chat we talked about so many different things and um he seemed like he had so much wisdom to impart to mm. us and to the listeners mm. yeah he he was very philosophical <laughs> and I really I love talking about like the things like the love language and mm. like just hearing about his experience and like how he sees the world is mm. it's quite a unique perspective I think in terms of mm. like I don't know like he has a lot of compassion for people but also like mm. you can see he has so much confidence in himself as well which is something mm. that I mm. think I I need to work on like after like we had it was towards the end of the recording when um mm. he was saying like he lends compassion to people um mm. who might have like said racist things and he understands and mm. then I was like, hmm, I don't as much. And like, yeah. I would stay silent. And he was like, but you got to have compassion towards yourself. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's like quite difficult, isn't it? To, um, to lend compassion to people. I feel like um, when we talk about anti-racism, it's so much like we have to sort of stand up for ourselves. And um, when someone says something racist, it's such a like um, automatic reaction to want to react and um, kind of attack the other person. Um, and I had kind of had to like practice uh, what Ryan was preaching this week in mm. school, because mm. um, this uh, this kid in my one of my classes came up to me and was like, Miss, where are you from? Are you Chinese? And I think like me maybe two years ago would have been like, you can't just, you know, guess someone's ethnicity um mm. but I kind of thought you know, you know this is a this is a child basically who doesn't <laughs> who is white and has probably not been taught how to talk about these things so mm. um I just had to sort of like step back and address it more calmly and just teach him you know like mm. maybe maybe you should wait for for someone to tell you their ethnicity rather than just go through all these ethnicities and guess mm. um, and what was their reaction to it to, to that when you said that I think at first he was like, oh, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. But then he but then he said, um, oh, sorry, miss, I didn't know. And he he actually seemed like yeah. quite sincere. So I think it also depends on the person. Like some people actually apologise sincerely, mm. um, but others will get quite defensive and just not, just refuse to see what they've done. Yeah, and, and I think that is what you have to grapple with or like any person of colour has to grapple with is like, you know, it's that microaggression or that racist comment whatever someone has said to you like you have to then think of all the multiple outcomes it's like almost like looking into the multiverse Mm. (laughs) and like you have to think about all the possible outcomes of the situation before you even start to address it so like it's no Mm. wonder that it's like it's a self-preservation technique and I listened to this in a podcast recently about like how when someone has said something racist, like if you don't say anything, it's you trying to preserve your energy and your space because of your lived experience. Cause we've been through stuff like that so many times that we know that it could go one of two ways. Mm, mm. Um, and it's also not wrong to, to do that as well. If you just decide, you mm. know what, I just don't have the energy for this today. And like, mm. I think there's been um, stuff shared around um, Serena and Venus Williams where there was a racist um, comment made made about them and they were like shown on TV and there was like a meme going around um, of them like smiling through their teeth basically and not saying anything. Mm. And I think mm. that like completely encapsulates 
just how so many people must feel um, mm, mm. just existing in this world, basically. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's quite in- it's, it was really interesting. And like he he was so like. Um, yeah, like I just I don't know, I feel like he gave me a lot of hope after that, because yeah, after just like hearing so much on the news about hate crimes towards so many different communities Mm. um you just feel a bit helpless but then the way that he was talking about how people are actually just kind yeah um in the world like i think that's so true it is so true um and um what you said about him having quite a lot of confidence you could tell like he's been on quite a quite a journey with his own identity because he talked Mm. about how when he was younger he didn't know any black and asian people only his Mm. brother through yeah through his acting work he was able to um i guess embrace his identity a lot more Mm. um and you could see that journey that he's been on yeah it's amazing and i also i wish we kept on recording because i loved the chat that you both had at the end do you want to share share the listeners share the listeners a sneaky sneaky uh (laughs) behind the scenes chat yeah, so um, it was actually because you you tried to no you um, <laughs> <laughs> you told him all about my past and um, yeah. <laughs> everything, yeah, everything. Exactly. all the details of my past. Um, now how I went to Berkeley in California and um, he he went to Berkeley as well for his undergrad and um, we sort of connected over that because um, he also asked me sort of if I danced there because there's quite a strong dance community in California and um, that's actually where where I started dancing and then he says something like oh Kai seems really wise and then I was like she is she is (laughs) she she teaches that old language you know (laughs) that old language Latin (laughs) yeah 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 I thought that was really cool though and the fact mm, that like mm. we could talk about the dancing stuff as well mm, I wonder whether he yeah. did that too he didn't say did he whether he was part of that community as well no no I don't, he didn't say anything about that mm. Mm. we'll need to find out did, um, did he follow you on uh, Instagram I haven't followed him yet it, it what? feels awkward what, 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 wait <laughs> what you don't follow him uh, because I also no no sorry sorry I haven't messaged him because you know he told us to message him right um so yeah I haven't done that yet (laughs) oh Um, right I did it straight away (laughs) I've actually deleted my Instagram app oh have you deleted my Instagram app yeah it was just too overwhelming last year um and since sort of January I've stopped using it um because I was following like 2,000 people 2,000 like social justice accounts and Mm. friends and it was just Mm. too much yeah oh that's fair enough oh okay then yeah. so you, you you're probably not seeing like um the be seen stuff that we share in our whatsapp group and um stuff like that but that's okay i think whatsapp just not instagram i mean not i mean on instagram sorry on the instagram oh. group oh right i well i log in every now and then but uh, it's kind of rare maybe i need to log in to check that and also to no. message ryan <laughs> you know what don't do it if you know like I I deleted TikTok last week and then I just re-downloaded mm. it 
on yeah. Friday after after my devastating news of getting COVID. Um, and like I realized how throughout the week of not having it, I was on my phone so much to almost like overcompensate for not mm. being on it kind of thing. Mm. Like I think it's a very, very healthy decision to take a break and not be on these these um Instagram these these social media platforms because what Mm. what do you actually miss out on like probably not that much I do feel like I miss out on a lot of news because I used to get a lot of news from Instagram um Mm. news that are not really covered in mainstream media um Mm. yeah and just all the all the discussions I guess about things going on yeah that's that's true but I guess if it was that important you'll you'll know about it eventually Mm, Some, yeah, someone will will tell you about it mm. <laughs> um well yeah it was a really 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 great discussion I felt quite nervous mm. beforehand and I think you can kind of hear it in my um I can hear it when I edit when I was editing the podcast back um mm. I don't know why but I think it's because um I hadn't also interview someone that I hadn't known before you know like some we've been interviewing oh, a lot true. of our friends or yeah. like chatting with just the bc and core team people um mm. so it was um yeah quite quite nice to be able to do something like that again and push the envelope i think um also we didn't we didn't realize that we were going to record that soon because we got the times <sighs> a bit oh, mixed yeah. up <laughs> That was my and so we fault. had to jump on really quickly <laughs> oh my god it thank god that zoom gives you the notification because I saw it said that he signed in and like yeah he's based in LA we're based in the UK mm, I had to jump on mm. and be like hi Ryan we actually thought we actually thought we'd do this a bit later on but we're happy to jump on now but it worked out well and he was really nice about it he was super super mm. nice guy I really want to see him in mm. more tv stuff mm, yeah definitely and yeah. speaking Mandarin as well yeah, that was that's super cool. Kind of yeah. wish we flexed a bit of Mandarin with him. <laughs> we should. Have. Well, you you flex Mandarin. <laughs> I would have just been like, "Do a boy true." Water, water, Chinese, bu hao. That's pretty. That's more than what I can say in Cantonese. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like proper, like um, fluent, isn't he? Mm, yeah. 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 One day. <laughs> uh, how do you say it? Uh, e. Day. Oh, Etian. I don't know if that's the, the right phrase for it. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> well, I hope the listeners enjoy listening to this week's episode with myself and Kai. Yay! Yay! Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ryan, for joining. But where are you from? Um, as the title of the podcast suggests, but where are you from, Ryan? Um, a lot of people think I'm from Puerto Rico, but I'm not <laughs> because of how I look. Mm. Um, also, not from Brazil or the Dominican Republic. I'm from America. America. I'm from, America. I'm from Los, An- Los Angeles. You guys say Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles. LA. I'm from LA. Um, born and raised in um, San Marino, which is a predominantly Asian and white neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's funny because like 
I understand th that, you know, the question, but where are you really from? Mm -hmm. Is like, if you, <laughs> it comes from people who are, who don't think that you are supposed to be where you're from, you know? Yeah. And I may get that in a way that's different from you, but I still kind of understand the question because, you know, I have family that's, you know, Chinese. I got family who's mixed mm -hmm. and doesn't really look the stereotypical version of American that these stereotypical mm. Americans want you to look. So it's a, it's a funny question. <laughs> it is a funny question. And how do you like begin to answer that usually when like, or does it depend on the context of who's asking you and the intention? Well, yeah. It always, it always depends on the context, but I don't know. I always make a joke of it always. Mm. Like I always use humor. I think that's, I think also humor like really lets people's guards down, you know, yeah. mm. I don't, I don't like initially turning things into an argument. It's funny. I had a conversation with my friend the other day about social media and how a lot of people wouldn't be saying anything. They mm -hmm. wouldn't say these things to your face. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I try to make, I try to make sure that the way I use social media and I'm not perfect. I'm human. It doesn't always yeah. work. I try to, you know, remind myself, would I say this to this person's face? Would I treat this person this way if they were right in front of me? You know, and the answer is no when there's animosity. Mm -hmm. So I have to take a deep breath and like really, you know, either use humor or just be like, hey, I know where you're coming from. Here's where I'm coming from. There's yeah. no beef. I'm just telling you my experience. Now, <laughs> if that person go like continues to say, or says yeah. something racist, it's like, well, then I shouldn't even be talking to you in the first place. This isn't worth yeah. my time. Mm -hmm. you know yeah and it's gonna take me down a dark hole that you know I've mm. gone down before and I, I know where that goes totally you know? I feel you on that I think um my my therapist says that I use humor a lot because I'm <laughs> avoidant in feeling real emotions but I also think so that's all this meme which was like so what you're trying to tell me is that you think I'm funny <laughs> um, yeah but... <laughs> yeah right like but here's the thing I feel like it's not a black and white thing Mm. humor can humor can be utilized to heal yourself mm -hmm. and and humor also can be used to call out the hypocrisy and the insanity of the situation yeah <laughs> you so know, true. I, it's like it, it can be used as something that can bring about healing and and bring about bridging of gaps because yep. it can show how funny it is that there's a gap in the first place. So I don't completely agree with like, oh, if you're if you're using jokes, it's always to avoid the emotions. <laughs> laughter, laughter and joy is an emotion. You know what yeah. I mean? That is so true. I'm gonna tell my therapist. Yeah, that tell your next therapist time. that. <laughs> I will. And like yeah. so true. It's satire, isn't it? It's 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 creating political commentary in a way that's really accessible for people. And I think that's how I originally I think we shared your content around our chat on Be Seen on Instagram when you first started doing reels around the Mahjong um debacle that happened. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. this is hilarious yeah um, <laughs> yeah the, the audacity the audacity <laughs> of these people to like take our culture and like mm -hmm. have the nerve to say <laughs> i remember she said <clears throat> that we weren't talking we're not talking about Ch chinese mahjong we're talking about yeah. american mahjong oh drop some like anglo-saxon -Sa name and i'm like where do you think he got it from <laughs> <laughs> what 
Listen to yourself. I know. It's insane. Yeah, so you've talked a bit about how you use comedy, and obviously comedy is quite a big uh, pillar of your social media content. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a bit more about yourself? So um, you, obviously a lot of your work is social media work, but you also do a bit of acting. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I went to drama school at USC. I got my master's there after. So I like to tell people that I got my undergrad degree in business from UC Berkeley for my parents. They're very happy. They're very happy about it. Yeah. And then, and then I did the unthinkable, and I became an actor, and I wanted a scholastic experience. So I got a master's at USC. Um, I think at USC it really helped me dive into who I, who I really am, as opposed to who I want to show to people that I am. You know, mm. that's all the scars, that's all the trauma, and not reliving it, but like. Re revisiting it so that I could heal from it. I think what came about is like almost an intolerance to pretending to be somebody that I'm not and, and a constant investigation of, of self-expression and sort of, um, <clears throat> cause if we're not, I think it, it, just humans, you know, we want to be accepted socially. Right. Mm -hmm. We want to belong to a group. We want the group's validation. Mm -hmm. We want to be seen as cool or, you know, uh, popular. Yeah. And I think the more that I let go of that, and it might sound funny because I'm an actor. And mm -hmm. so I think some people's view of being an actor is like, you want to be famous. That's your goal. And it's like, <laughs> nah, that's not my goal. My goal yeah. is to be successful in the way that I want to be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so. I think investigating that in drama school really brought me to the place that I am now because I just want to share my truth and my experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the way that I was raised, you know, <clears throat> we were always joking about suffering and pain. Like we experienced <laughs> suffering and pain, mm -hmm. but we never let it bar us down. We'd always go through it um, and conquer it and not let it control us. And the in one of the one of the tools that we used was humor. Mm -hmm. you know and and so i see that as a pathway to healing and i see that as a pathway to bridge people's sort of divides between each other and also i'm mixed race mm. so a lot of the things that i see are just preposterous to me because i'm like here i got my black family and my asian family and we're vibing you know <laughs> what i mean and we're having a great grand old time and then i look out outside of my insular world of my family and my friends. Yeah. And I see what the media portrays and I see how certain people think about black people and how certain people think about Asian people. And I'm like, y'all are insane. Mm -hmm. That's insanity what you're talking about right now. You're mm -hmm. generalizing an entire group of people mm -hmm. and you're justifying it mm -hmm. as if it's true and it's facts because what you're surrounded by is people who believe the same thing as you because they look like you. Yeah. They share the same culture as you. I don't know. They smell like you. You just have all the similarities <laughs> and you don't have any sort of understanding of what's outside of that insular world. Totally. So my insular world is like the UN, you know, <laughs> everyone's represented. So I'm like, oh, I see the humanity of these people. Yeah, It's easier I, for me. And I, maybe I'm privileged in that sense that I was born into a family that was mixed. Yeah. But when I look out into the world, I see people in these factions believing these things that just aren't true and looking in as an outsider and judging these groups when they have no idea who these people are from a human perspective. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. It boils down to just wanting to be seen for your humanity, like the whole mm-hmm. the whole sense of who who you are. Um, and I think we, I saw a lot of your content around the Stop Asian Hate Movement, and you shared really important thinking around like providing solidarity between both Black and Asian communities. And do you think like your identity motivates you into like sharing this type of content? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think for a very long period, well, the majority of my life, <laughs> 95% of it, I didn't mm-hmm. say anything. Yeah. I just held it all in. Mm. I just held it all in and uh, didn't share how I was feeling and allowed other people to sort of tell me how I was feeling, you know, and, and also there was no one sort of that understood how I was feeling because I didn't mm. know anyone who's black and Asian other than, you know, my brother. Yeah. yeah you know and we're sort of on our little island trying to figure it out in our own different ways mm. but there's no other Belasians or black and asian people that we can be like hey do you ever feel this way do you ever <laughs> think about these things there wasn't yeah. any there wasn't a community to talk yeah. about this with i didn't find that community until like a year and a half ago yep yeah, yeah. you know so mm. on the internet same and now some of them are real real friends in real life um so like i really i think in the beginning when i first started sharing content and expressing Mm -hmm. myself i was like very very trepidatious and very Mm -hmm. fearful that like people would just like speak down to me like they always had in my life Mm -hmm. or tell me that what i'm feeling isn't valid in their own sort of like sometimes scholastic educated way you Mm -hmm. know and then I'd just shut up, but like it got to a point where I just couldn't anymore. And I had to say how I felt and I had to say it in my own way. Mm-hmm. And then people followed me and supported me. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> I really didn't think that was going to happen. What I thought was going to happen was mm-hmm. I was going to say how I really felt yeah. and people mm-hmm. were going to shit on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I, at the end of the day, I'd be like, well, I said how I really felt. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think that it would be a continued thing. I thought it would be like mm-hmm. a one and done. Yeah. Every time I felt, you know, every time it got to a boiling point, I would just say what I needed to say. And then people would shit on me yep. and I'd be like, ah, oh, that hurts. But I said what I needed to say. <laughs> and then I'd come back a year later and say the same. I didn't think that it would turn yep. into this. I didn't. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that as well. Like in terms of, we talked about this, of not talking about our upbringing and like racism with our family. Like I never spoke about it with my family up until 2020 when mm-hmm. we started seeing all the... um the attacks towards Asian people. Um, And then we started sharing about like all the microaggressions and racist incidents that we experienced and like actually providing the space for that. And it's just so weird because we've experienced that our whole lives but we just hadn't, we literally didn't talk about it up until 2020, two years ago. I'm 31 years old now. And I think that's wild that I've gone through Mm -hmm. 30 years of my life without even mentioning racism once Mm -hmm. to anyone. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. insane. I mean, at this time, I, well, here's the thing: like Asian families, at least I'll speak for my Chinese family. We don't talk up. We didn't talk about deep things. <laughs> Did you do your homework? Did you get all A's? All right, you're doing what you should be doing. You got an A minus? Oh, that's you can't be doing that. You gotta get an A. Or a plus. Did you get A's? It's like, <clears throat> yeah, I did, and it's that's sort of like the. The standard, right? Mm. Like the standard is excellence, literally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so much so that like I think because our standard is excellence, 
we're not even thinking about all the other things that are because every every other thing is an excuse right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. honestly i feel like the same thing that makes us strong is the same thing that can like make us just can make us have mental breakdowns and feel mm -hmm. alone because we're not sharing these emotions right mm -hmm. and i think there needs to be some sort of like um cohabitation of those two things of mm -hmm. that drive for excellence but that that catering to your own self-worth and your self-love and your mental health it's very mm -hmm. important and i think we're at that place it's sad that like pain and suffering had to bring us here yeah um but i think the next step is to sort of and here's my frustration as of late well it's always been my frustration <laughs> is is that like yes the asian community is awakening to this pain and the suffering that we've always felt but never put onto words right mm. i think the next step is to connect with other people of color that have mm. been going through this too mm. you know and have been expressing themselves right there's so much to learn and so much to find communion in with the black community, the brown community, mm -hmm. other people of color, you know, yeah. to be like, how how do you, how did you survive this? Because this is mm. crazy. Can you help mm. us? Mm. You know, and 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 I guarantee you, they will say yes. You know what I mean? And I think that's sort of in my head is the next step because I'm just seeing so much Asian Asian excellence right now, so much mm. Asian American excellence. You mm -hmm. know, from my perspective in America, and I'm just like. But like, you know, we can do this together, right? Like mm. this, this like crabs in a barrel thing just continues to repeat itself. Yeah. But who, what is the barrel and who are the crabs? Can we really <laughs> think about this? You know what I mean? Like, why, why do we crops? think, <laughs> yeah. Like, crops? why do we think we need to like yeah. do this mm, and push these other people down? Yeah. Oh no, we're not talking to the blacks because you know. They didn't help us mm. when they, we were, now we're here and now they're jealous of us. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. just can find the connection and rise together because we already outnumber sort of <laughs> the people that have always been in power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not even outnumbering in the, them. It's just like, look, we have collective power. Let's use it. Yeah, totally. That, that is such a powerful thing to, to say. And I feel like the American racial discourse is something that in the UK we are we're very have lots of similarities but in a lot of ways we're politically very behind mm -hmm. our communities are still very siloed from one another like if you think yeah. about even the term Asian American in America it it constitutes like East Asians and sometimes Southeast Asians too and rarely South Asian people but in the UK the term Asian means it predominantly means or refers to South Asian communities and South Asian groups um and so the language is even different in itself and like with that comes like I think the silo of communities within the UK, and I'd love to be at that point where we are like working as a coalition together, like people yeah. of color together. But I feel like, I don't know about you, Kai, we, we are so um, far away from that in terms of the yeah. UK. I think because in the UK, well, firstly, in terms of East and Southeast Asian communities, we've only just, well, at least from my perspective, we've only just started sort of speaking up um, in terms of our issues. Because I guess uh, in the UK, maybe um, issues faced by the Black communities and South Asian sort of are more spoken about. Um, so mm. I think that's like a that's like the first obstacle we need to overcome to be to like be recognised as um, communities in the UK. 
um, mm. before we can even sort of work towards working together, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's very complex and I don't think we have all the all the answers, but I, I love that kind of the the idea of that. And yeah, I think we're starting to see more of it now, especially with the likes of social media and being able to to work together with other um grassroots organizations that are similar to ours that represent the black and brown community as well. Um, we are seeing more of that, but um I think we've still got a long way to go. So we want to talk more about you being an actor you were in dear white people which i absolutely loved i binged it all um and i felt like it was just a really accessible way of explaining how racism works it was a brilliant show how how was that whole experience of of working on dear white people i think it was so interesting because literally up until that point you know it was one of my that's one of my first acting jobs out of school nice because it's only been like you know, a few years since I graduated from act, from drama school, but I mm. was in the modeling industry and did commercial work for a long time mm. before that. And I had never had someone who knew what to do with my hair mm. that whole time mm. until I came to Dear White People. And, you know, it's created by Justin Simeon. He wrote it, you know, he's the head writer um, and it spawned from the movie he created. And mm. also like the, the experience of it was so amazing to be around people of color like mm -hmm. it was all black people and the director mm -hmm. was J a japanese man so i'm just oh. like this is in this is like almost it almost felt like otherworldly because i'm like mm. this is way too coincidental for me <laughs> you know mm. like someone actually knows what to do with my hair yeah they actually know how to fade and cut it and and put the right products in it to curl it and lift mm. it and i'm like what I came to set with it already done, but you're like, oh, I like that, but we're going we gonna to switch it up, baby. We're going to do something else. I'm like, do what you want to do because you know what you're doing, you know? Mm. I've had horror stories of people trying to, uh, yeah, uh, people that don't look like me trying to figure out my hair because they've never actually <laughs> dealt with it before. Mm. Um, but that experience was amazing. It showed me that this industry, you can make, you can make, and I think I'm privileged at a time to be coming up like this. I can make the 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 career path that I want to make, right? Mm -hmm. I can say no to things. I can say yes mm -hmm. to things. There are places mm -hmm. that I feel like I I can thrive in, yeah. and I don't have to take any job that comes my way. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be choosy. I have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and the subject matter, right? Like to be a part of a project that's talking about like the black experience at an, like basically an mm -hmm. Ivy League, like top tier institution where you're like one of the few black people, people of color there, mm -hmm. and you're struggling to find your identity and your voice in your community. Like I can completely relate to that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was kind mm -hmm. of a, uh, a um, experience that, that, was a match to exactly how I was mm. feeling in my experience so I loved mm -hmm. it yeah another really cool show that um we've seen that you were on was the morning show where you got to speak Mandarin uh yeah. which we found so cool um was this written into the script or did you um did you talk oh. about it oh it was written and I was like yeah. ain't no way anyone else is gonna do that. <laughs> there's no way I'm like who else could do this role it has to be me yeah you know? You were born um, for this role. Because it was written in Mandarin. And I'm like, yeah. you, are you going to find another? Because it said a black British like reporter who speaks Mandarin. And I'm like, oh, wow. are you going to find that somewhere else? <laughs> are you going to find that somewhere else? 
<laughs> so did you have a British accent then? I did. I did. Can you show I us a bit or is this it. like really like annoying to ask an actor? No, it's not. It's a... not annoying at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, that reminds me of like, what kind of London is that guy? Like South London. It, you know, you know what oh, kind wait, of London he is? He's out of the, my acting book. <laughs> That's, it's called, it's called, I can't place it. It's called Standard British. Look, it's rusty, oh. okay? It's rusty. <laughs> rusty. That's not rusty. bad, though. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. And one of the main words that um, Americans try to say in a British way is water. Oh, water. 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 Mm. water. Yeah. Water bottle. Water bottle. bottle. Water bottle. <laughs> you could even amp it up by saying water bottle. Yeah. Water bottle. I, I, you know, the accent that I love is Coventry. Coventry. <laughs> what? Coventry. Coventry. What? As in Co like, um, Cove wait. Coventry. Coventry as in, um, isn't that in the middle? It's like Birmingham. Is yeah, it Birmingham? Birmingham. Oh, <clears throat> Birmingham. Birmingham. It's a horrible accent. Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> Can you place where my accent is from, Brian? I know. I have no idea. Oh, I really? Does, does it just sound British? No. It's a little. I don't know. I no. I'm not even gonna guess. Go on. Go no on. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, I don't know. So I say bath and grass, which I, is typically no, not grass. Yeah, I don't say, say grass. grass. No, because I'm from the north. I'm from Manchester. Uh, oh my it. god! I was gonna guess Manchester, but it wouldn't have been a lucky guess. Oh, it would have been an absolutely lucky guess. Oh, we never would have known. We never would have known. Um, um, yeah. No, I love accents. I just don't have a reason to do them because British actors are coming here and doing American accents. Americans yeah, are doing British mm -hmm. accents and going to the UK. It's so bad <laughs> you know? when Americans do that. <laughs> no offense. Why? Wait, Americans go to the UK to act? Who why would they do now? that? Oh no! It was um, it was what's the name? Um, the show that came out on Netflix, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten, what's the name? The woman um, in the street across the road who it was a parody of. Oh, the, Kirsten, is that the person, Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell, and she had a British accent at the beginning of the show, but she was kind of like mocking the British accent. But and it when wasn't I first, even a good no, it was so bad. It was wow. so bad. Wow. Yeah, I think you can just tell. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, to be honest, I need to work on it. <laughs> we need to watch the entire show to see how your British accent is. <laughs> Did they teach yeah. the, the British accent um, during your degree? No, because they had a, oh, oh, yeah. Well, they tried to teach us everything. So it's just yeah. like, you know, they try to teach you a little bit of everything so that you can learn on your own. I, I mean, I think that's what it is. But. I don't know. Uh, look, Americans don't really need to learn <laughs> accents because like, yeah. I remember, so my very first job was this uh, Shauna Rhyme show called For the People. And I got to work with Reggae Jean Page, who uh, is from Bridgerton, the guy who looks like, we look like each other, <laughs> Bridgerton guy. Nice. Um, and he told, uh, and he did an American accent, a flawless American accent the whole time. Yeah, and then it wasn't until like later when we're sitting down and holding, uh, before we're about to do our scene, and I'm like, "Where are you from?" He's like, mm. "Well, I'm from I'm from the UK." <laughs> I'm like, what? Why do you 
wait. He's like, oh, I just do this accent the whole day until mm. I go home so that I don't like slip up and, you know, I don't yeah. say a word wrong or say it in a British accent. I just stay in it. Yeah. Like, wow, that's, that's really smart. That's amazing. Um, but he told me, because I was like, I was jokingly said, like, why do you guys come over here and take our roles? He's like, because <laughs> we don't have any roles there. <laughs> You guys got 400 million people in the in a gigantic industry and all these projects. We come here to get the work because the work is here. You're not going to go to the yeah. UK. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's very true. It's very that true. That is so true. Do you know where um, Benedict Wong is from, the Marvel actor who plays Wong in the Marvel movies? Don't tell me he's from. Is he American? He's not American, is he? No, he's not. Okay, Do you good. know where he's from? No, I have no idea. He's from my neck of the woods. He's from around Manchester. Manchester? Yeah, so, so his accent sounds like mine. Wow. I know. I didn't know this until very recently myself. The only, the first time I heard an Asian person speak in a British accent was <laughs> Cho Chang. Yes. Uh, and even then, that's Scottish. It's not even uh, oh, British. Oh, she has a Scottish accent? She's Scottish. Mm -hmm. That's even wilder, I guess, because yeah. there's less less Scots to get representation than yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the Scottish are gonna hate my uh, Scottish. impression. <laughs> Scottish, man, and I, I, now I just want to study the accents all day. <laughs> Obviously, we just talked about um, you speaking Mandarin, and um, we've seen a lot of content about you going to Chinese school as well. Yeah. Um, we also really like the concept that you share about your parents and we saw mm. that you talked about how it took uh, it took some time for the for your Chinese family and your uh, your yeah. black family to come to become like accepting of each other do you remember ever talking about these things as a family or was it yeah every day just... <laughs> <laughs> like every single day every yeah. time I talk to my parents and my family yeah we talk about it all the time mm. I think uh I think my dad sort of entering this like Chinese space with my mom's family. Um, I think it, I think it really showed them and also showed him like how two cultures that seemingly are completely different than each other can cohabitate and not only cohabitate, but also thrive and sort of take the best parts of each other and sort of form like this, this obviously a family, but this collective of people that are different but like mm. love each other, you know, and can mm. laugh about mm. certain things, you know, that maybe they never even thought they could connect upon. Um, mm. My dad's a jokester. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's very direct. Um, and he talks about emotional things and, he, mm. and he's affectionate. And I think that's something that my mom's family, they didn't, they didn't express it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't say that they weren't affectionate. They just showed it in different ways, you know. Mm -hmm. They uh, cut you fruit and gave yeah. it to you. <laughs> You know, and <laughs> that's the, that's how they showed love and i it's crazy for me because i have like the best of both worlds mm. like i i can understand that like even though my mom doesn't necessarily uh say it in the way that my dad does or my dad doesn't mm. do it in the ways that my mom does that they both love me like with their mm. whole heart completely mm. and that that there's a lot of miscommunication that can happen when you try to sort of make people love you in the way that you want them to love mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's so true. Like when I think about how, when I talk about how my parents express love to me, like, and 
I'll say things like, oh, we were, we like used to live, uh, we used to stay above the takeaway on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And my parents would be working downstairs and like, they just leave us alone for like six hours. <laughs> and yeah. like to anyone else, that sounds really like it's, they're abusive, they're neglecting you. But like, we loved it. And like, we knew that they were like working hard for us. And like my yeah. mom would leave like some like fried chicken wings like at the bottom of the stairs for us. Cause she was so busy. She couldn't even run upstairs to like yeah. give us the food. But we never, there was never like yeah. a loss. We never doubted that they never loved us ever. Yeah. Even yeah. though my dad, I don't think he ever said it like once mm-hmm. like and we would like try to force him to say it we'd be like come on dad say, say I love you and he'd be like <laughs> like he just never knew what to say <laughs> no my uh my grandpa my grandpa d- didn't really either until sort mm. of like me and my brother were born into this now mixed race family and mm. you know my dad's always telling me he loves me and my, my, my grandpa was like oh you know we love you right it's like whoa what? And my grandma <laughs> says it all the time. Aww. So it's like, but that wasn't always the case. Mm. Right. I think, I think, a, it, but even with saying that, it's like, I, I would still think my grandma loves me if she didn't say it. Yeah, mm. of course. Pick my boogers true. when I was a kid. <laughs> like, look, yeah. That's love. That's love right what there. What more do you need? Suck I think, them out from. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of Asian love is action. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But and you know what they say? They say actions speak louder than words, and you mm-hmm. know a lot of times that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I could always count on my mom to yeah, thing do the things. Yeah. 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 My dad's there. He, you know he does does the things too, but he's like, hey, listen, son, <laughs> you know I love you, right? <laughs> and uh, you did a great job out there, and you know like the the positive affirmations. Can't relate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was like, I, 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 I feel like, you know, I was very privileged in the sense that I had both mm. of those growing mm. up. Yeah. How do you think that's like affected how you express love now? Like, have you ever taken the love languages quiz before? Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm um, words of affirmation and quality mm. time or quality time and words of affirmation. Ah, it's kind of funny after I said, like, I got all the affirmation I needed as a kid. No, I mine's acts of service which I think checks out mm. like with how yeah. my parents raised us like even now like my mum has adapted to more like I guess like western mentality of saying love you mm. but like it was so weird like I got a text from her yesterday saying love you and then I cringed I actually went because <laughs> I was just like this is so weird I'm not used to this at all yeah. and then I had to like force myself to like write back love you too mum because I clearly do but I struggled yeah. it was hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> My sisters yeah. and I, we find we cringe when we see our parents like show affection towards each other oh. because when they when they, when we were growing up, it was yeah they didn't really do that. Yeah, wow. yeah. So people change. Um, people do change. Yeah, yeah. The love languages thing is very interesting because it's like there is not only how you what you like to receive, but also what, how you give mm-hmm. the love as well, right? Like, and those mm-hmm. two could be completely different. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. I think I think like the way that I give it is acts of service, mm. right? Mm. But the way that I like to receive it is words of affirmation. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and sort of just like and maybe not even because words of affirmation is not at the top. Quality time is at the top. I'd like to just spend time, mm. like quality yeah. time. Yeah, without yeah. sort of like the words aren't really necessary. The the acts aren't really necessary. It's just like mm. we're good. Mm. Just just spend time. 
This is so good. I rarely come across men who have done this test before and know their giving and receiving love languages. I feel like this is usually like stuff that like women talk about or like, really? you, That's yeah, so interesting. That's so like interesting. It, it is really interesting, isn't it? All the men that I um, have ever dated, I asked them to do that test. They do mm. the love language test, the Myers-Briggs test. Um, and what else? Any other psychological personality yeah, test? The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that one too. Yeah, I know that one too. It's fascinating. Very, very well. I don't know if it's because I'm an artist. It might have something to do with it. But also, I just don't have like a. I have a very like low tolerance for men that are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> toxic in my, men. in my opinion yeah like i just won't associate or spend any time with them so it's just mm -hmm. like i don't know mm -hmm. i don't i don't the the and it's been so long that like mm -hmm. my view of of the men the the, the people the men that i surround myself with mm -hmm. is how i see men yeah and then there's this whole other sect of men that i'm constantly reminded are like are probably the majority of men you know what I mean? But I, I'm so far away from that because I have my own mm. core group of people that core group of men that respect women, which is not that hard. <laughs> uh, that like, that's sort of like my influence on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? That's good to hear. We need more <laughs> of that. Moving a, a little bit away from family, um, just talking about social media. Um, obviously we, we see quite a lot of, um, sometimes quite serious content from you as well. Um, how is your relationship with these platforms? Do you feel like you need to put up boundaries when engaging with people online? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I had a long talk with my best friend last night and she was just like, you know, you don't have to read the comments, man. Say what you need to say and just, mm. she's like, post and go. Mm, <laughs> post yeah. and go. Yeah. And like, I do like, inner, but the sad part about it is like, listen, 95% of the comments are positive, mm. you know, but then there's that 5% that just like can keep me up at night and, and can make me think that I need to convert them or like mm. convince them mm. of yeah. my humanity. And I don't, I don't need mm. to, and, and I don't need to let them have sort of that emotional control over me because I'm just saying what I'm saying. I said what I needed to say. What, what else is there for me to say? Mm. Um, and you know, I don't know if you've seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's this very, yeah. very dark. Yeah, you've seen it. It just basically tells the tale of like how social media is literally designed to make us addicted to it. And mm. these companies have ignored sort of the mental health um, risks Mm. that are very real and the suicide rate that has been climbing alongside the development of social media in teens and just people of all mm. ages so like I'm very wary of that too and mm. so sometimes I'll be like I need to take a break um or sometimes I need to not say I don't want to really say that very very um because there, there's <laughs> Oh God, there, the most recent thing that I posted got flack in ways that I'm, I tore me apart kind of because I'm like, a 
a lot of the comments were talking to me as if I wasn't an Asian, as if my suffering mm. is not an Asian suffering. Mm. And it's uh, and it in and they're insinuating that like I don't understand what that feels like, as if mm. Asian people aren't my people. Right. That yeah. as if I have chosen a side and I care more about the other. And I'm like, where are you getting this from? Yeah. Are you getting this from the way that I look or the way mm. that the way that you think I look or from mm. my skin color? Like, where is this coming from? Would you be saying this to a person that mm. looks Asian to you? Yeah, exactly. Like you're telling on yourself to me, but you don't even know that you're doing this. Mm. Yeah. And you totally. will, and they will fight tooth and nail to say, like, I'm not insinuating that. I'm not putting you down i'm not speaking down to you and it's like yeah well am i ever going to convince you that you are what's the point of even having this conversation yeah. with you it's the same as um saying oh i'm not racist but da, da, yeah. da. and then yeah you know the way they it sounds like they're looking at things from a very binary perspective as if asian people can only exist to look one way <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious because there's one person that said like um you know, why are you talking about the racist comments from from Asian people? Mm. You should be focusing on sort of like, you know, the attacks. And I'm like, I am focusing on the attacks, but I'm not going to let just racism yeah. slide. They're like, mm -hmm. we're in we we are in pain. The Asian community, he's speaking as an Asian person. We are in pain. Like, how, mm -hmm. why are you talking about the racist comments when we are in pain? I'm like, well, uh, I'm in pain and mm. uh, these racist comments are also affecting me because I'm Asian and black. So like, mm. are you defending the racism that's being said? Because mm. that's yeah. ridiculous to me. Oh, yeah. because we're because they're in pain, because we're in pain, they should be able to say these racist things. No, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. No, it's also so dehumanizing to almost like use you as like a mouthpiece for every single yeah. issue that exists within both communities. Yeah. Like it's impossible for you to represent everything and talk about everything. You are literally oh. one person. I think they forget that um, they see you as a public yeah. profile as opposed to a human being who I, just I exists. Think... You can exist to enjoy life and you don't have to just talk. You don't have to talk about That's, any of these things. Exactly. I, I really don't have, I have yeah. to remind myself of that too. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> you literally could just share. I literally don't have to day. say anything. I could, yeah. yes. I could just say some funny stuff that has yeah. nothing to do with any of this. Exactly. Uh, one another thing was you know this woman kept saying like you need to understand that like as a black as an asian person like i've had asian friends who have been robbed by black people and mugged by black people and, and got it and i'm like mm. uh i have black friends and asian friends who have been mugged by black people yeah. like mm. what is your mm. what are you what are you actually saying here yeah yeah please tell me what you are actually saying because what i'm hearing is that you're racist but i just keep hearing <laughs> yeah. it yeah you know what i mean and like i don't i do get it i get why she thinks that what she's saying makes sense i get it but it's still racist totally at yeah. the end of the day so it's, i think yeah. that's the major frustration that i have is like i can't solve it i can't i'm just one person sharing my experience and the moment i try to solve things is, is when it gets dicey for me yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it's unfair that that pressure is even being put on you in the first place to to straddle and represent both communities and speak for both like that's absolutely impossible <laughs> it's, um, impo it's an impossible task and i actually yeah that's actually not my task no. you know it's yeah. actually not what my task is is like 
And I really have to remind myself of this every day. And I think this is just true across the board. It's like the mm. only liberation is joy. Like so find the thing that brings you joy and just do that. Mm -hmm. Do it. Oh my gosh. Totally, totally agree with that. Like, I think I, um, I posted something quite similar where like I went through this journey of like really speaking out and, and advocating for, um, for like marginalized groups. And then like, I was labeled as an activist, even though I, I really don't like to associate with that term anymore because I don't think I am one. I'm just literally advocating for humanity and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then like, I realized that it was probably similar to your journey in terms of like, I was feeling so angry and it was making me feel so depressed and like my mental health was really suffering. Mm -hmm. And like, as soon as I started to share my joy and just like focus on that, like it allows me to be able to, you know, do really nice things like the podcast and like community mm -hmm. organized behind the scenes. And like, I've realized mm -hmm. that like social media and social media activism, it can only propel you so far before like you start to get burnt out from it. And like one yeah. person, it's not going to change a systemic kind of mm -mm. nature of, of what we're grappling with is impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Yeah. And, and you can find joy in some other thing. And then one day you talk about this kind of thing. Mm. And because you were united with joy in the first place of what you both like to do, it's really hard to be racist now. <laughs> it's really hard not to hear the other person you know what I mean? And actually listen mm. to them when like you experienced joy together and that was your union, mm. your initial mm. union, you know? Yeah. So I have to remind myself of that too. It's just, yeah. a lot of people just, the, the most important thing for me is empathy and compassion and understanding. And, and I may fly off the rails when someone says something racist to me, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they were not born out the womb. Like mm. black people are criminals. <laughs> like they weren't born out the womb with that. I love you know? that voice. They were, they learned that through mm. their experiences and, mm. and how they viewed their experiences and the mm. media and like mm. what they were told by their social circles, they weren't born that way. And so if they weren't born that way into this world, then how can I judge them for what they've went through as an actor? That's the, that's the main rule as an actor is do not judge the character. I have mm. to, I have to embody these people who I am not, but mm. realize that I am them a part of me is them. So when mm. I do inhabit their body and their, or do inhabit their character, that character, it's not outside of me, it's me, mm. you know? It's not me uh, doing a mimicry of a, per a human being. No, I am becoming that human being because mm. in my understanding of acting, like we're all humans. Mm. And because we go through certain circumstances that makes us who we are, right? Yeah. If I was born, you know, this might be a horrible example. If I was born as, you know, a rich white kid, some of the rich white kids that I grew up with, mm. rich white kid who only hung out with white kids because that's who his parents let him hang out with and that's who mm -hmm. he wanted to and who his similarities were with and he didn't have any other friends but white people. Mm. I would not expect that person to understand any other, any other person's experience. Mm. And I use the white kid as an example, but like black kids growing up with only black people and that's how mm. they see the world. Mm -hmm. Chinese kids, Asian kids growing up with only Asians and that's how they see the world. Mm -hmm. I can't blame them or get really get upset when like they haven't even had the opportunity to try to even understand what it's like to be mm. someone outside of the group that they were conditioned to believe that they are and that's it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's what... Okay 
compa- compassion and empathy really is. You have yeah. to really understand that, you know? Mm. And, and, no, and honestly, for me, it's like no matter how crazy the action that they have taken is, mm. there still are consequences for those actions, but you can still have understanding and empathy for how they got there. And a yeah. lot of people don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> and I, I, can, I don't yeah. blame them. I don't blame them. I, I think about that in terms of the lens of white people, as in when white people have said racist things or have done racist things. And like, I have lived in a world for so long where I have extended so much empathy because to the point where it silenced who I am in terms of like being able to speak up. And it's taken me a long time to break out of that mold of like, yeah, there is so much compassion there, but wait, almost to the point where I'm like, oh, well, I understand where they're coming from. So therefore... I'm not going to say anything. There's also, but I really admire that you do have that perspective because yeah, yeah, we're all within the system and you're right. And it it also gives me hope that there is capacity for people to also change their minds. You know, I've seen this happen with um, family members who had really anti-black views who now like through discussions and stuff like that, they're learning and they don't anymore. And they're really trying to like Mm -hmm. work on that and have introspection. so it, I guess it depends on the group that we're talking about. I think I lend more compassion to people of color than I, than I do to white people who have <laughs> elicited harm, you know, you know, know the white I people. Know, I know exactly what you're saying. For me, it's like, I had that same issue where it's like, well, I am silenced because I'm always looking out for somebody else too. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. also based in a lack of compassion for yourself. Mm. And, and lack of empathy for yourself like mm. empathy is a two-way street <laughs> yeah that's so true ryan <laughs> you don't you don't just give it to other people you give it to yourself <laughs> as well and i think that took me so long to understand mm. too because i was always like well i i saw it from your point perspective but why didn't you see it through mine it's like you have to also have empathy for them not being able to see it through yours yeah. you know that's what empathy is and it's like and, and, and to me, it's not really ever a comparison. It's like, mm. because it's, it, it, it's always sort of coming from the same place of zero, right? Mm. These labels make us think that we are who we are, but none of these labels mean something, but they also don't when it comes <laughs> to compassion and empathy. You know what mm. I mean? Because we're all human at the end of the day. These are these are like concepts that are hard to sort of grasp. I mean, it's taken mm. me years and years of like meditation and like mm. calm down, take a deep breath, and think <laughs> about this, like where are they coming from? Like, mm. let me actually meet this person where they are and mm. see if I can have a conversation that doesn't turn into an argument because no one's trying to be right. And let me see how much I can understand that person and where they're coming from. And mm. those conversations with different people from different parts of the world and different ethnic groups have made me understand that like, damn, we're all the same. Mm. We all kind of want the same thing, which is to be seen and heard and loved, Mm. right? We all are are striving towards that same thing. And if I can see that, then I, then I can, then it's going to affect the way that I live my life and see other people because I've traveled the world and like the majority of people are kind and nice, Mm. you know, There, there is, there is this sort of, you know, and I don't watch the news anymore. Yeah, me neither. But there is this sort of sense that like the world is this scary, crazy place that's like you're in danger at all times and you need to protect yourself. And like, that's just as true as as 
the fact that like people are kind and nice. Mm. You know what I mean? So what perspective are you going to carry into the world? Mm. You know? But- you know you're spot on and there's so many sound bites from what you just said that we can yeah. take um that there's like a sensationalism uh when it comes to the horrific yeah. news that happens uh, but it feels like like I feel such a strong sense that you embrace who you are like all parts of you um and like really talking about your dual identity um of of being both African-American, Chinese, um, and there'll be so many people who listen to the podcast who might be at the beginnings of their journey of understanding what it means to be mixed uh, ethnicity. Um, Is there anything that you've learned along your journey that you want to share with those people who might be listening? That are are mixed, you said, or that are, yeah, I would say, you know, (laughs) well, it took me, it took me finally embracing both parts fully to understand that it that doesn't define who I am, <laughs> you know, mm, mm. that like you can do and be whoever you want to be, you know, mm, mm. I think for, but first you have to understand that like all these things, all these people, all these opinions, all these rules in quotations of how you have to act because of how you look and what your ethnic makeup is mm. are all bullshit. It's all bullshit at the end of the day. Right. You're not governed by other people's opinions of you. You're not governed by your desire to be liked by people. You have to find what drives you internally, what your passion is and what you want to do and share with the world emanating from the inside out, not the outside in, because the outside Mm. in can be a prison. Mm. It can be an absolute prison. And you can there. I think, you know, there is always this feeling that I was, I, that something was wrong, but I couldn't Mm. put words on it and I couldn't really express it because I was just crippled with the fear. And what I realized was the fear of what people might think about me. Mm. And I, and I don't say, I I won't say I completely eradicated that fear, but I've achieved new normals along the way. You know, when I first started posting content, I, I, I would literally almost have panic attacks or have panic attacks. Yeah, because my anxiety was so high because I'm like, I'm saying something I've never said before. Mm. And this might be come across as controversial to people. And I don't know what they're going to say. Am I going to be canceled? You know, (laughs) and then I'm just like, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, ah. (laughs) Click the button. Yeah, run and then hide in the corner (laughs) and hope the world doesn't end. And the world didn't end and the world continues not to end (laughs) as I continue to express myself. So. It's really that like it's, it yeah. feels like the end of the world. It <laughs> feels so scary and mm. terrifying. It's like the first time I got on stage to do my first play in drama school because I didn't have any <laughs> acting experience before that. You know, your mm. legs are shaking and you're, you're behind the screen. <laughs> I did so much rehearsals, and, but I don't remember my lines. What are my lines? I don't know my lines. Curtains open. <laughs> <laughs> Now is the winter of our discontent. Like it just kicks in because now you have to do it. You know what I mean? When it becomes a necessity, when it becomes like, Mm. this is too much, I have to express myself. That's the best place to be. But Mm. all, and then you'll look back and be like, damn, I was really shaking and like making a fool of myself and like, like tearing up. Like, I don't want to go on stage. Please don't make me go on stage. Teacher, I don't want to do this. I never want to sign up for this. (laughs) You know? 
and then you're suddenly on stage and then it just kicks in because mm. you've had all these thoughts and you've had all these things that you've wanted to say and now there's no turning back mm. you know I think I think that's the position that people have to put themselves in and it's hard and it takes courage and it takes bravery and it takes you know going against basically what you've learned yeah. your whole life mm. not to do keep your yeah. head down don't say anything be safe yeah be nice you know and and look you'll fumble a bunch and maybe yeah. you might say the wrong thing and you might hurt someone and stuff like that but just have compassion for yourself mm. and understand that you're on this journey and that you can apologize to that person and you can forgive yourself for what you think you did to that person and then just keep building and building and building i hope i answered the question i don't i don't know to be honest but there's some beautiful analogies there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. all the world's a stage and whatever mm -hmm. whatever whatever like yeah i i really i really like that um it's really inspiring um i think we're gonna end the segment by playing mm -hmm. a game of would you rather okay um so these are these are quick fire ones so we want you to kind of like well, izzy and i will take it in turns to ask, ask the questions so first one would you rather eat nothing but rice or noodles for the rest of your life so one or the other Oh, quick, oh, okay. quick. I thought, oh, new, oh, okay. What did rice. you say? Rice. rice. <laughs> Kai, Kai is team rice, but I'm I team noodles. I couldn't imagine not having rice in my life. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, mm. there are times where there are, there are, like, dishes on the table. Like, you know, I go with my Asian family or my family and we go to Asian restaurants and there's, you know, the lazy Susan and all these dishes and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, I need rice. Like, I need to eat this with <laughs> yeah. rice. Like, I can't eat this with bread. I got to <laughs> eat it with, and even noodles. I'm like, but that's not, you know, that's not the compliment, the complimentary. The rice. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. This was supposed to be quick. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be famous for all the wrong reasons or not famous at all? Not famous at all. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Fame su fame sucks. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. it, especially I agree. if it's for the wrong especially if it's for the wrong <laughs> Yeah. That's actually a really easy one. Yeah. Um would you rather only be able to use a fork and no chopsticks or only be able to use chopsticks and no fork for the rest of your life? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say chopsticks for the culture. I'm gonna say chopsticks. <laughs> for, the for, culture. The culture. for the culture. And I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> And would you rather go through your whole life being the most hilarious person or being the most intelligent person? Hilarious. Hands down. <laughs> Hands I agree. down. I agree. Oh my God. Always hilarious. And also yeah. hilarious being hilarious is intelligent. Yeah. You have to be intelligent. That is so true. That is so true. Being intelligent, like I really admire smart people, but they they don't resonate the same as someone who connects with people through humor. They really yeah. don't. Not in my eyes, anyway. Yeah. It's like, I'm very educated and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay? <laughs> you're wrong. You're doxing. You're doxing the people that are. It's like, what are you even saying? I don't even know what you're saying. Like, are Literally. you even. You're not even trying to relate to me. You're just saying big words I don't understand. You know? That's what I feel like all the time when I'm on calls yeah. with like, academics talking about like um, East and Southeast Asian racism discourse and they're using really big yeah. words. And I'm like, just fucking like, say it how it is. Come on, come on, come on. I, I literally had that conversation the other day and my friend was just like, don't don't censor yourself or think that you need to use these certain words to get your point across. Mm. Just say the things that the things that you say in the way that you say them, because that's who you are. Mm. 
there's emotion in the even if you're typing words there's emotion in a style yeah. in how you speak mm-hmm. don't try to fit in with because a lot of these social justice people be saying <laughs> all these and i'm like uh who are you trying to connect with here because like the majority mm. of people even in this chat room don't even know what you're saying Yes. But everyone's like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one wants to say stupid. Know, they don't know what this person is saying. <laughs> they just sound intelligent, you know? It's very gatekeepy, isn't it? It's very uh, like elitist thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Would you rather be, this last one, would you rather be the center of attention or go completely unnoticed? Oh, I would love to go completely unnoticed. <laughs> At the, the center of attention? The center? The center of attention? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I don't want to be the center of attention. You know what I mean? Like I want other, I want your attention and I want your attention and then maybe yours at different times. So I can really talk and connect with you. But the center of attention. I know I'm an actor and like, <laughs> but like, I don't, I, I, I like, here's the thing. Here's the mis. Mm. I think this can be misconstrued, right? Like Mm-mm. I became an actor because I like to connect with human beings. Mm. no one said anything like even okay even when i'm on stage yes the audience is seeing it but for me i'm connecting with individual Mm. the individual who i'm portraying first and foremost and the individual people that i'm speaking to right Mm -hmm. on a universal in a universal way Mm. if that makes any sense i don't know (laughs) (laughs) god have you been recognized in like yeah. just walking around LA and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. I have. Um, and uh, I wanted to say I don't like it, but it's not that I don't like it. It's just like I don't feel like. And now I fe- now I sound like the the actors that I've <laughs> in interviews and stuff like that. Now I understand <laughs> it. It's like, but I didn't do anything. What mm. did I do? Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you just saw me do the thing I did. Mm. But like I would do it even if you didn't see it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people at their jobs that aren't on yeah. TV. They're just like doing their jobs really well. Yeah. You know, that's how I feel. I'm like, I just did a thing and it was funny. Mm. And you see me and you're like, oh my God. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> but like, we're both mm. on the same level. I don't see, I don't, the way you're treating me makes me seem like I'm here, but I'm not. Mm. I'm just like, yeah. mm, here with you. you yeah. Know? It's that idea of like the parasocial dynamics of like um people who are famous and like their fans and how like that dynamic will never be equal because they have perceived you to be in a certain way yeah and you don't know who they are but they they no. think they know a lot about you from either yeah. your social media presence or from your acting yeah so I can imagine it's a strange like position to be put in in terms of like <laughs> you put yeah. me on a pedestal but you don't even know me I, yeah. I think it's funny too because I'm like I tried I tried it make that not happen when I meet <laughs> mm. people that recognize me in the street mm. and I think they're kind of caught off guard by it too yeah because I'm not like yeah thanks yeah 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 good one yeah no I'm just like hey yeah cool yeah yeah hey, hit me up on Instagram just text me so I or that or DM me so I remember you or like mm. you know you, we took a picture like you could post that and I'll share it Mm. Like, oh my god really oh my god i'm like what mm. it's, it's not even a big deal all i gotta do is click a button it's not <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know having said that uh we're coming to the end sadly of this recording and um where can listeners find you before we wrap up um 
everywhere as Ryan Alex H on Instagram, Twitter, uh, what's the other one? YouTube, TikTok, Ryan yeah. Alex H, R Y A N A L E X H. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for um, responding to my barrage of emails and DMs. <laughs> really thank, thank you for it. reaching out. Thank you for reaching out and reaching out in the way that you did. Uh, I always like having conversations like this, and this was a blessing to me. It's Aww. completely my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Aww, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.